0: back to Deeper Conversations. My name is Mason West. This is a podcast from Bluefield University Student Ministries with the goal of having deeper conversations on devotion, community, and simply being in Christ, a deeper convo with each other and Christ for all to hear. So I have a very special guest on with us this evening. His name is, I'm going to try to get all of his five names right. You ready? He's going to be mad at me. But Andre Gabriel Souza Avla Amaral. I said it right, didn't I?
1: i'm waiting for you to say my name
0: still yeah okay andre i call him andre gabriel i mix up the names sometimes sometimes i call him gabriel sometimes i call him andre but it's all good so he's a good friend of mine he's a part of our center for the worship arts here on campus he's also a like amazing soccer player would you say that
1: uh i mean if i'm playing against two-year-olds I'm yeah better
0: than, ronaldo. <laughs> better than ronaldo okay so um Yeah, it's awesome to have you on here, man, and just love your heart, love who you are in my life, and we've been able to lead worship together. We're actually going to be leading worship together, just me and you, for the next two days at a retreat for um, Blue Hood University students, so that's going to be fun, but it's been awesome just on this journey with you through the Center for the Worship Arts here on campus. That's how we met, was through worship leading together, but uh, I just want everyone else to get a gist of who you are, so tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, Mike? (laughs) Mike? No, just kidding. Okay, so kind of new of holding mics of this sort. It's not a regular mic, guys. So have patience on me. Um, I'm Andre, born and raised West Virginia. Not true. Not true. Brazil. Brazil. Born and raised in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Um, so what do you want to know generally? Like, I'm 20 years old, (laughs) currently unemployed. What else? (laughs)
0: Anything about yourself? Tell us about
1: yourself. Well, um, I play soccer. That's a fact. Um, Or at least I try to as many would say (laughs) you can ask Pedro later (laughs) anyway so um, I don't know my parents are missionaries that's why I came Mm -hmm. to the United States my father worked of the IMB for like 15 years Mm -hmm. I I don't know I speak Portuguese Mm -hmm. mainly I also speak Spanish but I mess up too much so I don't like to bring that up sometimes (laughs) Um, I don't know what else I don't I'm not very good at introductions
0: anything just like so you said your parents are part of the IMB right yeah they
1: were they were they're not anymore
0: so the international missions board is what that Mm -hmm. was called so you guys traveled a lot
1: yes and now now they're with YOM youth of a mission Mm -hmm. yes in Richmond Virginia
0: tell me a little bit about that like what was their story with getting connected with YOM
1: oh okay actually that's kind of funny so um no it's not really that funny I find it (laughs) funny anyways so um went in 2001 my parents did a DTS, which is a disciple training school. Mm-hmm. And everyone that enters YOM has to do one of those to mm-hmm. be a YOMer. And my mother was pregnant of me mm-hmm. during that time. And, um, which is funny because she actually got pregnant of me in YOM. And my father made sure to tell everyone in YOM this <laughs> the first day I got there. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can laugh now. But anyway, so um, we came. With, uh, my father worked at the IMB. And God told us to move to the United States of America. Mm-hmm so we left everything like i don't have a house you know like a a place to live there in brazil you mm-hmm. know like of course when i go i go to my grandparents house and all but we a place where we lived, like everything the car mm-hmm. and um we came here to maryland originally my father worked with uh, this mission called foster mission mm-hmm. the mission kind of um, like you went for about two years and then you know things went sideways mm-hmm. with the mission and then we we're wondering what we we're going to do and we we're praying and God showed us to go to YWAM mm-hmm. and which was interesting because my parents had been in YWAM like 20 years earlier yeah. or like you know what I mean like not 20 because at the time it was 2018 so um 17 years earlier and usually it's not that simple for you to join the YWAM base but they were also kind and nice to us they took care of us embraced us prepared a place for us to stay and um we stayed there a while and then you know we moved out of the place where they prepared for us but we still worked with them for a while and then um yeah, then that's how they're involved with WWM. We have friends there. Actually, the people that were my parents' leaders in Brazil and for their DTS in two thousand one, mm-hmm. they're in the WWM for the WWM Richmond right now. Awesome. They they uh, they're actually doing a DTS right now.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So like, so what would you say? Because we actually have on our actual on our student ministry team, we have a missionary kid, Mark Clary. Mm-hmm. Mark Clary. So, so you... What was it like being a missionary kid? Like, kind of picking up everything and joining with with God through your life. Like, what was that like?
1: Absolutely horrible. (laughs) I don't, honestly, I don't have one single good thing to say about the process of transferring from Brazil to here. Like... Honestly, I told it's my hard. mother. It no, it was hard, it was yeah. ridiculous. I was like, I told my mother, mom, if I didn't know it was God sending us, yeah. I would hide in my grandmother's mm-hmm. house and I yeah. wouldn't come back and you would never find me and I would find my way to live on the streets if I had to, but I wasn't gonna <laughs> go to America by no means. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was so angry. And actually that's a funny story. It's part of my like um Walk of Jesus story. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, like was very close to Jesus, like, you know, because I was antisocial, so it was hard to be close with people. Yeah. <laughs> and I just <laughs> And I found that Jesus was easy to talk to because he already know it was in my mind So, you yeah. know, I didn't really need to explain exactly. it much people. It just seems like they can't read my mind It's just so hard, but <laughs> I came only to psychology majors. Only psychology majors I give them my palm and they just tell me everything in my future <laughs> But what happened is that I came and I was revolted because I was like yeah. God I don't want to be here like this place is cold this place is. and I went to Maryland Which is a little you know more north yeah, yeah, yeah. than Virginia and the place was it was super different. I Honestly, English was the only subject I had failed in high school and had to like do a retake test.
0: And of course, God. Would and send of course, you. God
1: was send me to the <laughs> United States of America. Why not, That's right? Amazing. But at, at least you guys speak American. You don't actually speak English. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so, <interesting. laughs> Anyways, so um, I came and I was revolted, and I literally like decided that I was gonna, I was like, God, I'm gonna have nothing to do with you. And so I came and I decided that you know I don't know. I was just and I learned how to speak English and. Yeah. You know i spent about a year and a half like being completely running from jesus and i knew god that just legitimately and consciently, consciously yeah. consciously consciously because i know how to speak english <laughs> legitimately and consciously decided not to be you know with jesus like right, yeah. walking with him just because i was revolted that i was in the united states and my plan was i'm gonna go find a way to go back to brazil and it was interesting because um, um during 2000 and f- this was from 2016 to 2017 uh-huh. and you know at that time i was you know making a lot of non-wise um life decisions yeah. <coughs> and um <coughs> they took me to many deep low places in my life and there was this moment that this lady friend of my mother she came talk to me uh-huh. and um she had talked to me several times before and i was like you know, you know, you can say whatever you want. Like, I'm 16, I rule the world, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then <clears throat> this one time, it was so funny because everything was apparently fine. It was actually on the high, like, yeah. and you know, when you're away from Jesus, you have low and high moments. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the high, you feel like you don't need anything. And when you're in the low, you're like, oh, I want to die. Oh. So th- I was one of the high moments. <clears throat> and I was feeling so, you know, content. But she came to, talk to me, she's like, where is this going? Like, what are you doing with your life? you know where is this leading Mm. and i was like honestly i don't know probably nowhere and then um, she said yes definitely nowhere because she then she told me her story and she had Mm. been through similar things and she said like so you want to change that and i was like i don't know and she's like well we've talked before and i'm like yeah i know and then i finally said yeah i want to change this and she prayed with me and we prayed together and i remember that was actually horrible this is not an advice okay, because I'm not good at this, so uh, at that time, like, I came to Jesus, and uh-huh. what is not an advice is the fact that I broke up with the girlfriend I had at that time by phone, um, <laughs> and I was like, hey, Jesus told me, you know, like, because she, she wasn't, she, she was totally anti-Jesus and stuff uh-huh. like this, and it's not, not, like, you know, that's not the point. The point was that I felt that, like, um, it wasn't the moment in my life for that, and, yeah. but I do not know how to put it, so I just said, like, hey, God told me to break
0: up with you, <laughs> Over, was it
1: over text over phone i was calling over her and phone? she started like and i'm like yeah i'm sorry and then i so cried she's watching this right now you know
0: hopefully jesus is
1: yeah. maria i'm yeah. sorry
0: <laughs> <said a> name. <laughs>
1: anyways, anyways it was so funny because um i cried i cried for about one day and then the next day it was like the joy of jesus was in me and it wasn't her fault you know because yeah, she had yeah. nothing to do it was about me living a life that wasn't good and um Well, what happened is that I remember being in my sister's room because we Uh had guests and Honestly, like we had so many guests because so many missionaries would come and now they would always stay in my room I was sleeping my youngest sister's room with her and I remember she wasn't there and I was like crying and weeping, like God You know like I made a mess of my life. I wasted about a year and a half. I -hmm. don't know what I'm doing I don't know where I'm going but here I am again, you know, if you can take me back from where we started And um, it's funny because i was like in the in the in her bed and it was like a little child's bed right beside the window and i remember that the radio went on out of nowhere and the song that was playing was just beheld and it was like um that one. casting crowns yes yes yes, very country very country and um i listened i listened to that song and i was listening to the lyrics and i was like whipping like i was completely like whipping. I was like god i'll be held i'll be held i understand i just follow and I remember from that point on, I've never been so joyful, I, like mm. it was so crazy, because I still hated geometry class, I still hated, you know, but it was like the simple things yeah, yeah, that yeah. I used to like super dislike, it started being my joy, just because I knew Jesus was with me, That's and it was so something good. so different, and that gave me an opportunity to learn, like at the time, I you I speak a little Urdu, which is Pakistani, uh. <sighs> the language from Pakistan, I'm sorry, I hate, you know something with lactose, I'm lactose intolerant, guys, bury me. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my nose, it's gonna run. Anyway, so um, yes, and I remember I got to give like my testimony to so many people through soccer yeah. because I had so many Muslim friends and it was so funny because they would fight so much. And one thing that God was showing me is that through when in your walk of Jesus, your actions sometimes speaks, most of the time speaks so oh, much man. more than your words. And because they were already so resistant to the gospel, you know, I didn't even speak much. I just played and you know, whenever the ball went out, I would say it went out regardless of which team or be sure to say the truth or to be honest. And they started noticing these things and saying, then um, they would start, whenever, whatever quarrel they would have, they would come to me and be like, so what do you think? And I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then I'll be praying over this and then I got, in the end, we even prayed together, which was so crazy because yeah. they were all Muslim, but God was opening these um, opportunities through soccer. And through these transformations, because they they knew me before and they yeah. knew me after, and the only thing that I knew how to say is like, well, you know, I don't know. It was all Jesus that happened in between, and um, yeah. this was a very big situation. And also, my relationship with my parents changed because I used to be like the type that you know, like I don't care, I don't want yeah, to talk yeah. to you. I used to create so much fights at home, running, you know, be running away constantly, um, and be super absent as well, which was so difficult for my parents. I, I, f- I feel like because when we first came to the United States my middle sister was the only one that spoke English yeah like she was she had the best English in the house but she was like what then okay. I don't remember exactly her age but you know like
0: yeah
1: or or even younger than that and I was the oldest child and I learned her speak English very quickly but instead of helping them I just went out of this random girl that I just met instead of helping my parents at home and it was super difficult I remember like I don't know one of the first things that changed was that I legitimately wanted to make an effort to spend time with my family and wow. show them that they're loved And this was something from God because before I would completely avoid any interactions with my family and yes and then later on went to Wyoming and I went to Brazil came back and then I'm here yeah that's that's kind of the story
0: that's awesome man Uh, I mean I was we were starting on some funny stuff and that was really getting me laughing but now I'm like almost about to cry because that's some beautiful stuff (laughs) but like but So like complete heart change, like you're a missionary kid that just doesn't understand what this calling from God is and it's not fully, you're not wrapping your head around it, but then God, um, the good thing about him is that he captures our hearts. He doesn't just capture our minds and what we understand, but he captures our hearts. So that is what I hear through your story is like, wow, like this is someone whose heart was captured by Jesus. And he did it himself. He didn't. He didn't. At times, you feel like you, he was doing it through your family, but also like he came and encountered you for himself. And that's the beautiful thing about who Jesus is and who He is for us. But um a couple questions. One is um, actually just one. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Do you want to get into my Facebook account? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's someone who might do that after this episode. No, but uh, literally because they're like, man, foreign guys look good. Anyways, no. <laughs> Wow. No, 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 just joking. Uh but um not joking, but <laughs> – so so. what brought you to Bluefield University? Because one thing that I've loved is, is when I first met you, I felt like, dude, this dude is like, got such a passion for worship. He's on the soccer team. Everyone knows him. Like, I'm like – I tell everyone – I was like, everyone on campus knows Andre and knows of Andre. And so you really got hooked in really deeply and immediately with our student ministry. You took a year off because of COVID stuff was going on, but immediately you got – you know revamped back into our elevate culture here on campus and things like that so uh yeah so how would you say what was the process like for you coming to bluefield and you uh what I have got a, me bluefield? yeah what got you to bluefield but also like <laughs> what's what's been awesome what have you learned here um through student being a part of student ministry if that makes sense because we've learned a lot together but just like sharing your heart of what have i learned through being a part of student ministries with other people in my generation mm-hmm. that are doing it because um like that's a big deal you know, so so what has been your journey, bringing you to Blue Food University, but also what's been your journey as you've continued on in student ministry? And then I got one more question. Nice, so, nice.
1: well, just to clarify, I didn't take a year off because of COVID. <laughs> I was already waiting to leave, and COVID was the best excuse I had. <laughs> 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 no, no, just kidding, but also not kidding. Um, anyways. <laughs>
0: We've done a lot of those this episode.
1: Anyway. Oh, wow. It's difficult to speak seriously with me. Um, I, I, I know that. I talk to myself a lot. So, um, first question. How did I get to Bluefield? I always hated the idea of going to college. Uh-huh. Hands down. Mm-hmm. My plan was not college. I despised college. In fact, in the time I graduated from high school, I, um, I was just, I was so happy because I'm like, I'm never going to have to pick up a pencil again in my life. And then my mother's like, no, you definitely should do the SAT. And I'm like, should I? And she's like, you should. And I'm like, why, mom? I'm not going to college. Don't you understand? And she's like, yes, but you are going to take the SAT because I am your mother. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. So then I went, barely studied, took it, got a halfway acceptable grade. (laughs) Anyways, so what happens that I don't know what to do. And then for a whole while, I did not even... I didn't even know how to apply to a college. And I remember praying in the um, backyard of the place I was living at that time. And I was like, it was cold, it was cold. I just like cold weather. So it was a difficult moment. And I was there praying to God, like, God, you know, I was in Brazil, I've been to all these places. You've taken me here, you know, you transformed me. And, you know, I'm here right now. What do you want from me? Like, what am I doing in Richmond, Virginia? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing here? Highland Springs, you know, Henrico County. What am I doing in this place? It really, to me, was like, I don't know. I really felt so confused. And I was like, God, what do you expect from me? What do you expect from me to do here? And um, I really just felt God telling me to go to college. And I cried so much because I was like, God, I feel like you lied to me. And I was like, God, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're deceiving me. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to college. I was so determined to be a missionary. I was determined to go places. Yeah. I want to go like, to Europe, to Asia, to the Middle East, whatever, yeah. to live like, you know, a missionary. Yeah. But God told me to go to college. I was like, okay. And I cried and we discussed for like three hours. But he prevailed. Something <laughs> he about prevailed. something about him being Jacob all powerful. Oh <laughs> yes. No, but it was me more debating with God because I don't really wrestle. I'm like, you know, 5'8", 135 pounds. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> what happens that I, I was like, okay, I took my tears. I manned up. and I was like, fine. If you want me to go to college, I'll go. But you have to be with me through this whole process because i was like i can't take being alone anymore and <laughs> during this whole process in richmond i felt so alone not that god wasn't with me but you know it was a difficult moment because we went from maryland where we had all figured it out yeah and you know we went play, we went outside of america and then we came back and we went to richmond mm-hmm. and i was like dude richmond is the middle of nowhere like who lives in richmond and then i felt so you know like away from everything but god said go to college and then hold it there
0: Seems like everyone w-
1: wants to throw shots at Virginia. Virginia okay. <laughs> okay, we throw shots at Virginia because West Virginia is not even on the map to <laughs> begin with. <laughs> oh, oh no!
0: One get mad at him.
1: Anyways, anyways yeah. it's okay, guys. I like um West Virginia, the country song and you know, the country mama mountain to take me home. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know the <laughs> country roads. Anyways, anyways. Oh so what happened is that I went to Brazil, and it was a, a very difficult moment when I went there. Because my mother, and this is a, this is a fun story, an interesting story that I can develop into more. Um, she has this youngest brother that she prayed for ever since he was a child, uh-huh. and he he passed away. He was thirty years old, so it was difficult because he we went there for a funeral and everything. Yeah. But he he accepted Jesus two weeks before he died, wow. and that was like, you know, she prayed for him for ever. She pretty much raised him, and she he accepted Jesus two two weeks before he died, and that was a very moving moment. And we went to Brazil because of that. And um, in Brazil, it was interesting because we went there and my father could only stay there two weeks. Uh He could only stay in Brazil two weeks because he he was a pastor. He's Uh still a pastor. He had just been hired as a pastor in a church in Richmond. And after these two weeks were gone, he went back to America. Uh And I was in Brazil. And it's funny because an aunt of mine was praying. And I just went there to drop something in the place where she was praying with my mother. Uh And then she looks at me and she says, like, stay here. I have a word from the Lord for you. I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Why did Hi. I even come here? <laughs> anyway, so I went there and then she she holds me and she starts praying. She's like, I see you going into the stage and God is with you. Wow. Into the field and God's with you. And into the classroom, God's with you. And she lost me on classroom. She's not she' at classroom. I'm <laughs> like,
0: Seriously? <laughs> okay, Seriously, guy. There's, there's there's it, but not classroom. Like,
1: come on, uh-huh. classroom, who deserves this? Nobody deserves it. <laughs> anyways like you think like peter went to a classroom come on but anyway, so and she told me this and during the same time my father was in america Uh and he met this man in a baptist conference and this man was a soccer player in 1960s in the 1960s for bluefield university at the time bluefield college and he worked here and he had been working here for years he doesn't work here anymore but he got me connected with everyone and um it was so crazy because i only applied to one school bluefield college no other school it was so And my application you can ask matthew hamilton this he's not in school anymore i don't think but what (laughs) happened is that i literally met him in a in a sandwich restaurant because he was on town like in richmond during the time i had just come back from brazil so the whole process like even my application was done on paper because um I didn't know how to apply. I didn't know how to apply online. I'm horrible with computers. And I literally didn't want to put effort into it. And it was like kind of. So basically,
0: God God me. was like, you have to.
1: Matthew Hamilton. Matthew Hamilton. <laughs> and it was so crazy because um, That's even the process for me getting accepted in the soccer team and all was so nuts because, first of all, I didn't know Bluefield. I didn't know Bluefield had a soccer team because. How would I know that people in West Virginia play like soccer? I do not know that. And then we well, are in Virginia. We are in Virginia. We are right in there. Virginia. But to me, I always say I study in West Virginia because it, it feels better to say I'm out of state than to say I'm. I'm you know, I feel more successful saying that. But anyway, so um. <laughs> anyway, so what happened is that um, even the process of getting admitted into the soccer team was so crazy. Coach Morton, and he was the coach yeah, at the coach time, Martin. never even saw me play. And, and he was just like, no. Listen to this. The story is so crazy. Well, you're Brazilian, so he. No. Not Matthew Hamilton sent him a message saying like, I just met this phenomenal soccer player. Never even saw me play once. <laughs> and he says that to Coach Morton. And Coach Morton's like, do you have videos of him? No. Have you ever seen him play? No. Does he have any single content that shows that he's a good soccer player? Does he have a of account? <laughs> <laughs> no. He says no. And he's like, Coach Martin's like, dude, Matthew Hampton probably just found this random Brazilian man and is bringing him in. It was so crazy because that's exactly what happened. And then the only videos we had to show were some yeah. random videos of me playing with this pickup soccer of random fat man that we knew. Okay. No, listen, it gets better. It gets better. Okay. So, um, I come that's in. That's
0: this is the best episode. <laughs> Abby can attest to this.
1: It's so crazy. Even, like, when uh, the first time I came in, like... To make things worse i was just came back i had just come back from an injury uh-huh. i was out of shape i was the youngest the smallest like the worst in the field and coach martin's face was like matthew Hamilton, what have you done <laughs> but the whole process went so crazy because um i ended up adapting well and yeah, yeah. it was nice even of the praise team uh-huh. um, i didn't know there was a praise team i didn't think a school would have a praise team because my idea of school is that uh, like in brazil universities don't usually have right, like exactly. many things more than like you know classroom stuff Uh they do have clubs and all but it's not the same thing at all and um i didn't know and then i met dave pd which was so crazy because at that weekend we stayed here the weekend director yeah yeah yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. most amazing man in campus anyways um (laughs) please put my grade up dave pd i'm really afraid i'm gonna fail praise singers that's why i'm buffing up your image so um (laughs) what happened is that that weekend, my voice was horrible because it was colder here than it was there, and it was so crazy. And I didn't, I, in my opinion, that was one of the worst musical performances I have ever done in my life. And Dave Peter was like, Oh, wow, yes, you're in the band. <laughs> and I'm like, Is this what it takes to come here? I said the level is not that high. <laughs> but later on, like. But well, he was, also heard
0: you play, which. Is okay, great yeah, yeah. Andre's one of the best musicians to play with. Well, I would say he's one of the funnest, too.
1: Yeah, funniest more than best. I, I would yeah. say so. But when you're having fun, it doesn't matter if you're good, right? It's all about the fun. It's all about the fun. Anyways, <laughs> that's why I've always lost games in high school because you know I preferred having fun than winning. My coaches were angry at that. I don't know why. But anyway, so <laughs> what happened is that even that happened. In, in, um, okay, there is a crazy story actually. The craziest of all. Um, I didn't know how we we're gonna pay for college because you know my father is a pastor, three right. children doesn't get paid nearly enough to pay for college so (laughs) literally like it was so crazy because um we still had with all the scholarships Uh and things that i got from like grades in high school Uh even grades in high school because my grades used to be horrible and and god when god transformed me Uh i felt like i should do all things like they were for god and then Mm -hmm. i took like well i hate classrooms but classrooms like and classes in general Uh are all things they're including all things so i should do that for god so my gpa went from a 2.6 to a 3.9 in like a year because oh, of God, awesome. it was literally because of God. And then my grades and all, counting all the scholarships that I got for being like international, for my father being a Baptist pastor, counting all of these things, I still had $8,000 to pay. And this was the day that we were supposed to get here. And we still had $8,000 to pay. So I'm like, dad, we can, we can still quit because I wanted to quit, but you know, like we can still quit, we can still not come. And my father's like, no, we're going. And I'm like, he really wants me to graduate from college. <laughs> anyway, so then we drove, we got here. And then in the time we went, we went into the chapel, to get all the financial things sorted out. Coach Martin tells me that some random man from Richmond that we did not know up to this point paid all the $8,000. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know who he was. I literally only met the guy a year later, didn't know that he was the guy that had paid my my, uh, tuition. And I'm just there having this conversation with him in my church Uh and my father like, the guy leaves and my father just says like, do you know who you're talking to? And I'm like, yeah, this nice old man that just walked in. And he's like, yeah, he he's the guy who paid for your calling. I'm like, and you don't tell me until he leaves. <laughs> and I only got to, like, thank him, like, two years after he had paid everything. It was, like, wow. so crazy. A thing, it's, it's 100% a God thing. And I was so surprised because I was really determined to flunk college, like, because you know how <laughs> Jonah it was determined to not go to Nineveh? Yeah, do not go to be... So I was determined not yeah. to do everything in my power to not go to college. But it's like God dragged me into Bluefield College. And so awesome. it was so crazy because the moment I signed to the first classroom, it had been about eight months since I had done any school-related work. Wow. And um, I was like, God, you made it. You got me here. I don't know if I'll pass any class, but i remember it was a personal wellness but i'm like since i'm here i'll just do my best and i ended up getting a very good grade in that class by the way and anyway so i don't know that's how i got here that's awesome
0: no that's so good i mean obviously just a hodgepodge of god stories just already in that and uh we got one final question before we wrap everything up, but your your stories are already enriching. Can you ask
1: me how to pronounce my last name? No,
0: <laughs> I don't care. I'm just <laughs> just joking. I knew it. But no, literally. So, um, thinking around this concept, like obviously, God's just, um, I've watched you flourish in so many ways, even since being a part of of stuff here, and and again, these things that you're talking about, you're. I would say if I had to put Andre in a phrase, it's an exemplary kingdom citizen. Like, like you can't you can't bind him by a place or a thing. He's just going to be wherever God wants him to be. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm all about the kingdom. Like setting into what does the kingdom of God look like and what do we look like as kingdom citizens. When you hear Paul talk about this concept in Philippians 3:20, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In that verse, in Philippians, Three twenty. There's two dynamics in that one verse. Um, it encompasses both an eternal perspective of who we are here on earth, contrasting with who we are in heaven. This is what this is who we are. This is who God says that we are. And also this Maranatha cry for the kingdom of heaven to come and be established in earth as it is in heaven. It's so amazing that that one verse encompasses those two cries. And one time I heard you say this, and we were just in a conversation, um, and it—, it and it really struck me. You were you were telling a bunch of people this, but this whole thing of there was there was some conversations go on in the room, and they were like, "Yeah, well, you know, this is who I am. I'm I'm am I'm this. I'm I am that. I am struggling with this. I am struggling with that." And and you heard. I watched something change in you when you heard people claiming that as their identity. And even as I am American or I am Brazilian, or I am this, and I am that, This, these are a part of what make up who I am as a person, and I watched a light bulb go off in you, and one thing that you said, you stood up, and you said, you know what, the more that I've moved, the more that I've moved as a missionary kid, the more that I've, I've seen change in my life, the more I recognize that I'm actually just a kingdom citizen. Actually, all I am is defined by Jesus, and so I want you to speak into that a little bit, like what your heart is about that, because that's that's what struck me the most about you and and just what's in your heart and what i think it just think uh, just it's so funny because every time a sound goes off our producer abby over here is like they they can hear that Squirt. they can hear they can hear that why are people honking no no, but um, it's because
1: city of blue feels just so crowded. Um, yeah, and all the three million people that live here, I
0: can't. Yeah, but no, literally, I want you to speak into that thing about what does it, what does it look like? What are your thoughts and your heart on being a kingdom system? We only have a few minutes, but but just uh, kind of speak into that um, that thought, if that makes sense, that concept.
1: Nice, good to know we only have a few minutes because you know in Brazil we like to extend things. So I came here prepared to speak for at least an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't know you guys. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll go. We'll go, we'll go. I mean. But people won't listen, so
0: will it <laughs> <up. laughs> uh,
1: It's okay. If they don't listen, they're not accepted into heaven. I'll make sure to talk to Jesus about that. But <laughs> just, joking, just, kidding, joking, just kidding, just kidding. You can still be saved, okay? <laughs> it doesn't depend on me. It depends on Jesus. So um. <laughs> but if it did. But <laughs> if it did. If no, it no, did just joking. Anyways. what does
0: it look like to be a citizen of heaven? Mm. The kingdom
1: Honestly, that subject is one of my favorite subjects, and that's why a light bulb went, you know, up from my head when yeah. you were watching me that day. Uh-huh. And I remember because um, I usually, it's funny. I usually think uh, when I think of things, I think like maybe I should say, it, maybe I shouldn't say. It. Mm-hmm. But I looked at you and I was like, I have something to say, but I don't know if it's worth it. I feel like I'm gonna mess up, and you're like, no, say it. I was like, okay, Mason says it. It's it's on him, Jesus. <laughs> so um, and now I remember because the question was really like I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a. F- halfway famous speaker or something like this. And he was speaking about um, like how the place where you're born should define you like, how do you feel about being, you know, a native American? How do you feel about being Brazilian? How do you feel about being, being like South American or, you know, European, African, whatever. And how, how, like he was also saying like how your past experiences define who you are and your identity and all these things. But to me, honestly, this idea of identity is something that changes so much. Like, because um, like, as I've moved, like, it's not something that changes, but like when you root it on these movable things and yeah. on those worldly things, yeah,
0: missionary
1: life. No, no, what I'm saying is like the world wants to tell you that you are defined by things that are not stable, by mm-hmm. things that are not solid, That's by true. things that are not yeah. constant. But if you define yourself by those things, then you're always going to be with a fluctuating um, identity. You're never going to know who you are and who you are is going to be a concept that will constantly be changed by the circumstances around you, the place where you live and the people around you. So, um, one thing that I was saying is that the more I moved the more places I've been and the more I grow with Jesus I realize that I'm not really defined by the place where I'm born I'm not defined by my ethnicity I'm not defined by who my parents are I'm not defined by my job the people around me, the place where I live I'm not defined by my career or by my dreams and any of this I'm defined by who God says I am because what is born of flesh dies of the flesh and what is born of the spirit remains so how can I define myself by earthly terms if I am a mountain treasures in heaven The Bible says that where your heart, like, where your treasure is, your heart also is. So if my heart is in Brazil, and if my heart is in soccer, or if my heart is in my South American identity, or if my heart is on my dreams and my career and these things, then where is my treasure? What is my treasure? Because Jesus says that all things shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus is the Word of God. He does not pass away. And today, actually, that's funny. Today I was reading John, and he literally prays, god to bring us into him so that we will be one of him like he's one of the father
0: so,
1: so if we John are
0: 17 right?
1: i don't know i don't i'm not very good at you know <laughs> biblical directions but you can correct me later you can co- if there are any pastors listening to this you know like feel free to criticize me it's okay i can take it i'm 20. just <laughs> he, kidding he but what happens that if we say we're followers of jesus mm. how can we allow these earthly things to define who we are
0: That's so
1: good. you know think about peter peter had all the right in the universe by earthly terms to define himself as an israelite right. or as a fisherman mm. but he doesn't why does he define himself as as a fisher of men why because god himself told him that jesus yeah, looked at him so i'll make a fisher of men so you know and um this to me is what it means to be a kingdom citizen it's, it's it means to allow god to define who you are allow your heart to understand and to believe mm-hmm. not, not so much to understand but to believe and to be um, in peace in yeah. the thought that where you are right now is not your permanent like um, home and yeah. i don't mean like you know because one day we all ascend to heaven and all like i don't mean to get too into discussions like oh does jerusalem come down do we go up this yeah. to me doesn't re- really matter at all because so what really does matter is that whatever is happening right now is happening right now so good. but it's passing away Mm-hmm. And Jesus says there is a new age to come. And in this new age to come, that's the age of f- fulfilling. That's the age of the completion. And um, if we define ourselves by the things that are passing right now, by the things that are constantly moving, by shadows there are like just mere half-truths that try to define us everywhere. Like if you watch a commercial, they point at us and they say, you should buy this because you deserve this. You should buy this because that's who you are. Everywhere they're trying to tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to those voices, you'll never be fulfilled. You'll never be complete. Because the only one that can really bring you completion in your identity is Jesus. And that's why the idea of Kingdom Citizen to me is like, okay, think about the situation with um, Ukraine or like Russia or North Korea, or even the United States. There are many different forms of government in the world. And many have existed, many still exist. But let's say the best humanity has ever brought forth is democracy. Let's just suppose that, which is... A fact, in my opinion, at least. Um, even in democracy, there are so many flaws, okay? Right, yeah. And if it was a perfect way of government, we would have the United States of Heaven and not the Kingdom of God. Mm. So, all these things that we have right now are like passing, they're lasting. We're never gonna achieve perfection in here. It's impossible, it's imperfect, it's incomplete. So, if this place is impossible, imperfect, and incomplete, and completely incapable of filling me up, Why should I allow it to define who I am? And that, to me, is the essence of being a kingdom citizen. It's knowing God, knowing who He says you are, knowing what He thinks about you, and knowing the calling that He has for you. And this, to me, these four things are like, they define me. Mm -hmm. The only reason I am in Bluefield College is because from the moment that I decided I was going to, you know, take Jesus seriously again, um, I decided that, okay, I don't know what to do with my life. Every single plan I've made has failed. And I've defined myself by so many things that don't really help me. Mm. So from now on I'm going to decide God to make my de- I'm going to let God make my decisions. I'm going to decide mm. he's the one who's going to make it. And he told me to come here. And so I'm here. And why do I do my best in everything that I do? I'm not saying I am the best because I'm not. Absolutely not. But I do the best that I can do. Yeah. Because God doesn't ask me to be better than Mason. He asks me to be, you know, the best that I can bring forth. Yeah. Because we should do all things for him. And the only reason I do my best in all these things and I don't quit being in, in school Because I could very well go back to Richmond or go back to Brazil, work as a house cleaner, which I am Mm -hmm. pretty good, by the way, if you want to hire me, $70 a day, whatever. (laughs) Um, (coughs) I could do that, but what would be the purpose? I would amount money, Mm -hmm. I would build the career I expect, I would do whatever I feel like doing, Mm -hmm. I could pursue all these different paths, but in the end, I would get old and die. Mm -hmm. And what would I have done with my life? What would Mm -hmm. be the purpose of all of that? Mm -hmm. And it would be none, it would be none, because the only difference between a leaf that's on the tree and a leaf that's cut away is that the one that has been just taken away,
0: mm.
1: it doesn't know it's dead. The one that's already on the ground, it's dry and it's clearly dead. Mm. But if you just take that one away from the tree, you're like, oh, it looks alive, just as alive as the one that's on the tree. Mm. When we decide to make our decisions by ourselves and completely draw away from the branch, which is Jesus, we seem alive. But the only difference between us and the ones in the grave is time. And time goes by super fast. And I decided that I didn't want to allow myself to be fooled wow. by the illusion that I had the world in my hands. By the illusion that, you know, all that I'm doing here is like going to make me happy. And I should just go deciding everything for myself because that's what the world tells you is going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. I decided that my life was going to be worth living. Not because I would make the best out of it, but because I would allow God to tell me what is the best thing for me to do with it. Wow. And this to me is being a kingdom citizen, is allowing God to be your king. And allowing him to be your king, that's good. Is I'm allowing God him to to to, yeah. to um, be like the decide the deciding factor of every single decision you make. Yeah, that's so. Good. And I don't know. That's to me is being the king. And what isn't
0: it so interesting that like, and and this is what I think is amazing about the concept that we're talking about. When we submit to what the Word has to say about us being kingdom citizens, it's funny because I have found that. That when you're a part of kingdom citizenship, when me and you are here and we are we are giving our all to Jesus, we're giving everything that we own and we're giving everything that we have, all of our time, all of our efforts, all of our years, It we come to this family understanding together too. It's almost like when I see you and when I met you, it didn't feel like we were ever distant mm-hmm. because that's the beauty of the kingdom. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of selling all, like the parable where it says literally to sell all to buy the field, to sell all, to, un- to, to understand what God all intended it to be from the beginning. No,
1: that's actually, uh, actually, can I say something? Like yeah. That? Okay, so I love that parable. I was literally um, thinking about this parable last week uh-huh. because when we talk about the decision-making process and allowing God to make the decisions for you and, you know, let him be your king, uh-huh. there are two things that I think of, especially when it comes to that parable. The first thing is what does it mean for you to let God be your Lord? Mm. Do you know what the word Lord implies? Mm. It implies you're a servant implies you're a slave. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. But it's funny because the slavery with Jesus, it's more freeing than any single freedom that the world can a, ever yeah. offer you.
0: It's divine intention. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's, it's identity. Yeah. But
1: what does it take to allow mm-hmm. God to be your Lord? Mm. It takes giving up everything else. Mm, and that's so. why this parable is so good because the guy literally sold everything that everyone defines as success, as stability, mm-hmm. as you know, good life decisions in order to buy a random field that had like want a treasure in there, but because he knew that field was worth something, he knew it. So it's, it's like, when I talk about being a kingdom citizen, it has to do with decision-making. And the most difficult decision is allowing yourself to let go of control. Mm. Because the world wants to paint the picture that mm. you got to be independent mm. But that's not true. Even mm. when you are rich and famous and have everything you want. You're not independent mm. You're still dependent. You're still dependent. You could get yeah. sick and die mm-hmm. Anything could happen to you You're dependent on so many factors yeah. for you to stay alive mm-hmm. But when we understand we need to be dependent mm-hmm. because we're created to be in constant relationship of a God that wants us to depend on him yeah, so And let him make the decisions for us then we are like consciously con- yeah. consciously yeah. consciously giving up everything else just like the guy who sells everything and we buy this feud which to the world seems like crazy but we know is worth it because God says it's worth it yeah. but it takes faith it takes um sacrifice yeah. and it takes a heart of obedience which by the way I want to quote um the here because yeah. she said something that really got my attention Um, the elevate before this one yeah I used to really think worship was all about sacrifice and you know because I'm a very Extremist. I mean, used to be a very extremist, intense kind of guy, and God worked me through. But she said something that sacrifice without a heart of obedience is not worship. And I really thought about that, and I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, please. Holy Spirit slapped me in the face twice, (laughs) and (laughs) because Jesus says if you slapped in one side, God has slapped the other side (laughs) too. So I, I, you know, willingly turned the other side for Him to (laughs) to slap me in the face. But what I was going to say is that it's um to be a kingdom citizen is about like sacrificing in with a heart of obedience yeah and it completely changes your life it completely changes the way you see things because no matter where you are no matter which country you are no matter um the people around you or the circumstances you know that as long as you are in the center of god's will all things work together for those who love him you know and if you love him you don't have anything else to worry about because all things work together for your good and you know that even if you come to be you know persecuted or like you know poor whatever even if you even come to perish or to die death doesn't silence you because yeah. it doesn't get the last word and then to me like that's why i don't know why I, I emphasize so much on that purpose of identity on that uh, idea of identity yeah. because once you know who you are and once you know what you're doing you know and where, yeah. where are you going so good, then nothing can stop you it's so good. because as long as you're doing what god has called you to do there is no circumstance or um it's cooperation good. of evil that can take you anywhere besides where god wants you to be so yeah it's so good man
0: well, this has been insanely enriching. Um, yeah, I would venture to say one of the best episodes we've had yet. Um, but come on, say the best. <laughs> it's the best. But uh, <laughs> but but literally, um, this this whole I think what you what you laid out and what your heart laid out so beautifully before us is this invitation into a lifestyle of true identity. Too, you know, it's because we hear kingdom citizen and we think. Well, that takes a lot to reach that yeah, that, that, that like status kingdom green card let yeah me make my <laughs> let me get a kingdom green card no no but literally like what it's so amazing that this king made a way for us to understand divine intention what it was all made to be in and in, in to begin with and for us to join on this journey with him and then i run into people like you and i'm like it's just obvious that that's family because we're we're striving after the same thing we're going after the same goal together One of my best friends in my life, Michael Blackwell, when we met, I told him this one thing. I said, I don't know where we're going, but I know we're heading to the same one, (laughs) and I know we're going together because that's what kingdom looks like. That's what this kingdom citizenship together looks like. We're not defined by the factors around. We're not defined by the culture and the society at bay, but we are decided to be only defined by this man that has already actually given everything (laughs) that are actually already traded his highest place in heaven to come and live and breathe and face every single thing that we could yet without sin so we could have a reference of what it looks like to live a kingdom life and so that's what we get to do together and i'm i'm so grateful man that we got to talk about this and just talk about what we already get to do together as kingdom people so uh this was andre man it was so good having him on for this episode uh uh so, so many people are going to be blessed by this i know because i'm already so blessed and yeah, there's so many like things for me to take away my sisters have already
1: agreed to watch so we have what, five
0: already <laughs> we already Four got at minutes? least at least five <laughs> at least five yeah but um no literally <laughs> so i even
1: not get to mention my days in uh, the fighting monkey business like in brazil I used to wrestle monkeys for money guys
0: <laughs> that'll be episode two <laughs> fighting monkeys for money no but uh literally thanks so much for coming on andre uh if you don't follow us on instagram bu underscore campus ministries and we want to keep pumping out awesome conversations like this if you heard this and it really impacted you in such an awesome way send it to everyone we want to see our generation on fire with this concept actually of being a kingdom citizen you were made for the gospel you were made for jesus you were made like for like and subscribe like <laughs> like follow notification all the all the trendy youtube things we could say no but literally thanks so much for coming andre this was deeper conversation